Welcome to the Heather Penny Podcast, where our goal is to help you reach your potential by increasing clarity, building confidence, and engaging courage. Dr. Heather Penny is a leadership coach, trusted advisor, and admired author. I'm Christina Morales, a writer and marketer, and Heather is my dear friend and my coach. So today we're going to address, you mean I have permission to say that? (laughs) You know, for many years, I didn't have an edit button. Um, Actually, our pastor would call me PG-13. And now I overanalyze what I say. So I can't wait for you to give me a proper filter that I can use from saying too much to now overthinking. (laughs) So Heather, you discovered this topic when you were on a walk with a friend. Can you give me a little bit of background on it? Yeah, I was dealing with a, a challenging relationship in my life and I was talking it out with a good friend and I remember her saying to me, well, you just need to say, hey, this is why our relationship isn't working. You don't ever listen to me and you make it all about you. And I had been dealing with this relationship for years and I literally laughed. I go, oh my gosh, am I allowed to say that? And then we both started laughing because we're going, I don't know where that came out of. Here I am, you know, a coach and what I do for a living is make sure you say your truth kind of thing. And I, we it was just a funny conversation because it's not about crafting the right words per se, but it is learning to say where we put limits on ourselves. that says we can't offer truth in the relationship anymore because we're going to get punished. That's what really was going on. I was in a relationship that every time I offered truth, she was reminding me to get back in line and play by her rules. And I was getting more and more frustrated. Why? Because I was trying to figure out what the rules were when all of a sudden I realized And that's kind of this wake up call. She kind of said to me, yeah, why don't you just say what you need to say and stop trying to tap dance to what it is she wants. And so that, that began to be this funny joke between us. I'm like, you mean I can say that? And that was reminding us, oh, we're trying to play by someone else's rules who are saying, we don't want your truth and we don't want how you offer it. Wow. That's hard because that means you're opening conflict and a, that's a lot of repercussions to have to do. Like you have yeah. to really think, am I prepared for what this is going to bring? Yeah. In all fairness, I chose not to say that because I realized it wasn't going to get heard. I kept trying to have the constructive conversation with this individual and realized I'm, brought, I'm kind of barking up the wrong tree here. It, this isn't a relationship where this individual is open to my perspective and wants to hear it. And so mm-hmm. for me to keep trying, is kind of nutty, <laughs> right? So I have to just kind of say, Heather, you've done your best here. You have tried for years to engage with this conversation and you're, you have to see it for what it is. This person isn't really interested in the truth of the matter. So to keep trying, it would only create uh, more and more conflict and really emotional kind of trauma for both of you. Just step away from it mm-hmm. and let yourself be part of relationships that stay curious with me. You know, mm-hmm. they may not agree with me, but they say, yeah, I, I'm interested in your perspective, but I, I'd love to share mine too. And it fills this 50, 50 conversation where you're both kind of trying to figure out where you're each coming from and really respecting each other's values in, and perspectives, even if it's different. And what I realized is that's just a really strong value for me in any relationship. I'm willing to hear your side of the truth, but I really need you to hear mine too. I need you to hear my perspective. And there we can build a bridge together. That's what's hard about communication, right? It's like 
I'm thinking of it like a water filter. It has to pass through many sieves, you know, like first we have our emotions. Okay. Am I being rational about how I'm feeling? And then it's okay. How am I going to say this? What tone, what words am I going to use? And then now it's, once I speak it now, I don't have control over it. It goes through the hearer's filter and how they interpret our motivation and our tone our word choice. And then we have texting and emails. And so then they can't even see our facial expressions. I mean, this is a lot to manage just saying like, you know, I'll see you in five minutes or it's, I'll see you in five minutes or I'll be there when it's, I'll be there. You know, I, there's so many ways to interpret communication. So what part of this cycle do you think tends to break down the most? I mean, we want permission to say things, but this filter is like super complicated. Yeah, it is. And it isn't. So the reason I'm, <laughs> is I'm listening to you, I go, dang, you're working really hard over there, Christina. And- I am. I totally am. I'm like, I told you I'm overthinking it because maybe it's just the environment I grew up in, but like, yeah, I'm overthinking it to avoid conflict. That's what it is. Well, and let me just give a little con- uh, context here healthy relationships you don't have to overthink it once i start realizing <laughs> yes my tap dancing right when you have to try and figure out if i do it the perfect tone if i do it the perfect words if i do it perfect 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 and you still get a reaction what do we do we go back to the drawing board and try and figure out how to do it even more perfect next time yep when you're in that cycle you have to stop the cycle and say oh my gosh this relationship is not working because I should not feel this much pressure. The, the healthy relationship says, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this out there. I'm going to stay curious and I'm going to do my best to communicate my intent. And I'm going to trust that you're going to hear me hmm. and you're going to value me. So then what, it, what happens is, is you let yourself off the hook and you don't have to get it perfect. So it's really connected to trust. When you're doing all of that kind of tap dancing, that should be cueing us. I'm not going to say you because I've done it too. So I'm going to put on <laughs> back on us, Christina. That's cueing us. Oh, sweetie, you are working too hard. You are just working way too hard. That means you're starting to tap dance to their will and you're trying to, it's our form of controlling. We're trying to control the outcome. In reality, you can't, you can't control anything with that. You have to be able to just step into it and say, wow, sounds like you keep getting misunderstood. Sounds like I, you know, we're not really clicking here. You know, you get to just call it for what it is. And what I began to do is set a whole new standard. I just want ease. I want ease in my relationships, whether it's my marriage, my friendships. I want ease and I want trust. Mm -hmm. So when I get it wrong, not if, but Mm -hmm. when my big, full, strong personality gets it wrong, I get a chance to own it and apologize. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to step on your toes. Here's my intent. You know, and it makes me think of a conversation we had a couple uh, weeks ago with my husband. And I know this about myself. And he starts telling me this vision. Well, I'm an activist and he's kind of a thinker. So he he's basically sharing me a very sacred part of his vision to me. All I can think of is, oh, I can make that happen. <laughs> Tell him all these things he can do to make this happen and get off the road. And I'm not reading the room. My husband's getting quieter and quieter. And I realized I took his dream that he was whispering to me. And I just said, here, let me take over and <laughs> let me get this done for you. Right. So disrespectful. I Was that my intent? Oh, my goodness, no. 
my intent was really good, but my actions were really off. My intent was, I can help you do this. I love it. I love it. My actions were really off and it really hurt him. But he was able to come to me and say, honey, that hurt. I was trying to tell you a dream and then all you are not, not a dream dream, but like a vision for my life and what I want to do. And you said, I can make this happen. I'll help you get a website. I'll help you do da, 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 da. And he goes, I wasn't even ready to do that. And I never even, I'm not even remotely close to doing that, but you didn't even, <laughs> you didn't even stop to check in with me. And the only reason I'm laughing, because I'm able to laugh at myself now, I go, oh, that does sound a little bit like me. I am so <laughs> sorry. Thank you. Can I do, and this is what I call, can I do a redo with you? Okay. So I think the more you have this kindness toward yourself and understand, you're never going to get it right, Christina. You have a strong personality. You've got amazing capabilities for vocabulary. So what? You're going to get it wrong. If you're in safe relationships, they let you get it wrong, and they let you course correct, and they let you do a redo. Hmm. So I think that's the piece that you get to to put your effort into, mm-hmm. not how do I keep getting it right so I don't get the negative reaction I don't want. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. And so when do we have permission to speak our truth and when don't we have permission to say that? Like, Basically, if you feel like you need permission to say something, it's probably the doorway to conflict, like we just said. So when do we say it and when do we hold back? We say it when the trust level's high. Okay. Hold back when the trust level is, and I shouldn't say we hold back. We get to decide what we want to do when the trust level's low. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we still have to say, we get, we choose to say our truth and the trust level might be very low in the relationship. And I, I've done this where I've just gone into it going, I think I need to say this just for me, but I know I'm not going to get heard. So mm-hmm. I get to say the words out loud. I get to hear myself saying it and I get to watch them reject it. And I go, yeah. there we go. That was a confirmation that this is not a working relationship for me. So I think that then the focus isn't about trying to say the perfect thing. The focus is really how do we grow trust level in, in every relationship, whether it's professional, personal, you're constantly working on that. And, you know, I work at the corporate level. And so I, the company brought me in and it really is to build trust and open lines of communication. Well, trust is not a switch. It's the number one thing I kind of worked with everybody on. It's a continuum from zero to 10. And, and I'm sorry, but it's something you always have to measure and work on and look at and make deposits into and recognize when it's getting broken or pulling back. It's just like a dating relationship. And you know, if we don't call each other or take each other out on date on dates and we just let the relationship slide it's like the the infamous metaphor of the girl sitting by the phone on the friday night and he doesn't call mm-hmm. well what's her trust level doing it's going down it's going down it's going down it's going down until she either breaks it off or she calls him and says this isn't working for me um there's a variety of ways of how to handle it the the main focus is on where's my trust level at and why is it going down that's what i want to focus on and then mm-hmm. Is it worth it to communicate to this person? Is this person in my life valuable? You know, with my husband and I, I'm like, please tell me. Every time I jeopardize the trust level, please tell me. Give me a chance to make it right. And I promise I'll hear you. You know, that's kind of our new vows after 27 years of marriage. Hmm. When we first got married, it was married, it was like, I promise to love you. Yay, you know, and it's great for a while. But as you age and mature in a marriage, that's the most intimate form of relationship. It's like, where am I missing? in loving you. Well, that's what I'm focused on. 
And then it, it goes out from there, your friendships, your professional relationships, you're always about building trust at the appropriate level for that connection. And how you understand that growing of trust and the breaking of trust is really where it's all about. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of um, a family member who came over a couple weekends ago. I was and- wondering you were really quiet over there. Yeah. <laughs> And I think, and so it's making me think that when she says certain things, I need to speak up and say, you don't have permission to say that, you know, like it's very belittling. Oh, it, it's, it's just like, um, I bought a new desk and she's like, oh, well I need to buy that desk for my daughter because she works harder than you. And I'm like, you don't have permission to say that. And I didn't say that. And there's certain things I don't catch until she's gone. And then I'm like, wait a minute, that was a dig there. I mean, that was an obvious dig, but there's certain like ob- certain digs there, manipulations there. And so I need to A, give myself permission to say that, to say, no, you can't talk to me like that. I need to be more aware of it when it's happening. And then B, the trust isn't there. So I need to not hold that value. Like when Darren says certain things to you, you trust him and you value him and it's mutual But then with this person, I need to just say, you know what? You don't have permission to talk to me like that. And I'm not going to hold on because I analyze every word afterwards. I'm like, wait a minute. That was a dig. Wait a minute. And then I get worked up. Yeah, I like what you said. I do have to back up and say, that's a pretty obvious dig there, Christina. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, (laughs) where did you get it? I need to buy that for my daughter because she works really hard and she works harder than you. I'm like. I don't think that's true. <laughs> comparison that's negative and, and somehow I got on the uh, lower end of that comparison. Yes. So I think the first thing is right. You're right. You want to get your clarity on that. And then the other thing too, this is where I help people kind of look at trust level and a continuum. Just think of it zero to 10. Hmm. You got to see her where she's at in your life and you're right on. You got to be prepared for that. The biggest mistake we make is we're all, you know, there's so many good people and we want to have everyone over in that 10. And I want to say, I'm so sorry, but that's not how the world works. That's not how relationships work. Trust has to be earned. It has to be developed. It can be broken. Mm-hmm. You, have to, um, you have to figure out ways to forgive and grow from it and be better people. That's what builds trust in a relationship. So I think as we look at that, we have to decide why am I trusting this person and how am I treating them? Are they up here at a 10? And I try to treat my ones, my twos, my threes, everyone else in this world over here to 10, that's what we can own. You know, and I think you're right. The the most sacred relationship I have in this world is my husband right now. And the reason I say right now is because you never know what life brings and I haven't always been married, right? So it's like whatever, whatever season of life you're in, this is the one that I've chosen to build and develop the highest level of trust I possibly can do. And being a high achiever, I want to get this one right. (laughs) Then it trickles out from there. After having kids, I'm inviting them into that next level of trust. How I have trust with my 18-year-old daughter, my 16-year-old son, it's very different than how I'm building trust with my husband. So right there, I've got three relationships. I've got my work cut out for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then I've got that next layer of dear close friends. Then I've got clients. Again, my work is cut out for me. That's about it. So I don't have a lot of emotional bandwidth to tap dance for people who are messy with my trust level, don't respect the trust level between us, aren't trying to make deposits in it. And I am not going to sit there and keep a lot of zeros, ones, and twos in my life (laughs) at that level. 
So I think as you kind of look at your personal relationships, you have the most autonomy there. You get to decide who do I want to actually spend time with? You know, last night I spent time with a friend. I'm like, she's a level 10. Guess what I'm going to do on a Thursday night after a long week of work, I'm calling up my level 10 person and saying, I want to spend time with you because I want to have fun. I want to have high level trust. And I want to believe that there's nothing I can say wrong. You're just going to love me. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a strong individual person, there's things that other people may not get or understand about me. I want someone who just is going to love me. And if, if anything is said, quote, wrong, we're going to deal with it. She's going to say, she's either going to push back or she's going to laugh or she's going to say, wow, that hurt. Whatever. We're going to deal with it because I, I feel loved. And I think it's that, that level of trust that we just get very confused. We try and, and if we've been hurt, everybody's on a level two. And so then we treat people like a level two. And I go, there are level tens out there in the world. You get to go find them. You get to develop them. And by the way, you're part of cultivating those kind of relationships. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's like not obligation because we, I don't know if it's as women or as religion or what our expectations when we were little, but you're obligated, you know, you have to love this. The person who came over was a family member. You're obligated to love her. You're obligated to um, cater to her. And she's been catered to, to her, her whole life. Everyone's been tap dancing for her. And so it's hard to confront someone and have permission to say something when all their life, everyone's been tap dancing for them. Because if you confront some, this person, then you're going to have a huge, a bomb on your hands, you know, everything is going to explode. And so like, you know, I, it, is it worth investing the time and emotional energy to confront her? Probably not because she's not going to want to change. And so we just move on. Or I'm thinking, you know, you just smile and nod. Exactly. And then the other part too is you just, you need to recognize that's the category that individuals in by their choice. You've tried to put bump it up. You've tried to invite her into a seven and eight or nine. That person is yeah. choosing to stay in a one or two. So then you have to re-navigate your expectations for that relationship. And having simple phrases ready to go are going to be important. Things mm-hmm. like, oh, that's, I'm not sure why you said that, but that's not really working for me. Okay. Or, wow. I, I'm not sure why you think she works harder than me. So you don't, you don't even try and control her, but you do give feedback that okay. goes, that's a weird comment to make. <laughs> you're, you're able to stay in your space without expecting her to change her behavior. Okay. But that's how you are able to, to gently protect your identity and your space and just communicate that that's, that's not okay. And I don't like that. I don't like that when you compare me to whoever it is you're comparing me to. And I don't know why you think she works harder than me, but that sounds like a dig. These are things you get to say. Okay. Because the the biggest mistake we make is we get uncomfortable. We don't like it. We either ignore it and avoid it. It's the fight or flight, right? Mm-hmm. We either and go, oh my gosh, just get me out of the situation. That was so weird. Then we don't really quite deal with it and the pain of that. Or we fight and we just throw down and person's like blasted because we're we're so tired of these little tiny digs. You want to find that common ground, that middle place that just says... I've already positioned her where I know she's going to be and I already know how she's going to respond and I'm going to be ready for these responses that communicate. I'm not okay with it. Then that next level really is how much can you let this person into your life? You have to evaluate that. Mm-hmm. Just invite this person to drop by for a cup of tea. That's what you do for a level 10. 
I only let people drop by my space, whether it's my office or my home, that are at my level 10. People don't just get to mm. drop by my space. It's my sacred space. Wow. And I protect it for myself and my home, my family, my kids, everything. So even how you spend time with people and what, you, what level you invite them into. You know, there's some in relationships where I go, yeah, I'm never having them in my home. It's not because they're terrible, awful people. It's just because I don't want that individual in my space. Will I never speak to them again? No, I might meet them for coffee. I might, you know, meet them and I give people a chance to change. But I think how you let your, your space be protected around you is going to be really critical. And what level of people trust you led into your life and really what can you handle? Mm-hmm. Um, what gets really sad when I watch it, I go, well, let me just get this straight. It sounds like you got really a boatload <laughs> of people in that level too. That's all you have in your life? My bit next question is why? This yeah. is where you take responsibility for your own life and say, I know the world tells you maybe all of them are family members and then it's really hard to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to deal with the deep sadness of facing some of these relationships that really have given us pain. And that helps us figure out how to renegotiate that relationship, how to put them in the proper place, how to prepare yourself, but more importantly, how to make room for that mm-hmm. eight, nine, ten that you deserve to have in your life. I love that because what you're saying is, well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but the title of our podcast today is, you mean I have permission to say that? And I'm interpreting it in all these different ways. Like I have permission not to put you in my top 10. I have permission not to trust you. I have permission to stand up for myself. I have permission to value myself. I mean, there's so many layers of this that comes through. I have permission to say that, which is crazy empowering. And it's like, I have permission to keep myself healthy and not be damaged by you again and again. I mean, like, this is pretty deep. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, Christina, is this is why I always tell people, even if you can't figure out what just happened, the fact that you're confused is enough. Oh, good. Yeah, that's a good. Confused. Like, I think that person just gave me a dig. You know, <laughs> I don't like to feel that way. I don't want to have to go, what did you just say? And this was something that came up a lot with mm. um, relationships earlier on in my life that were dealing with a lot of jealousy. Hmm. Whatever, you know, and I don't want to say for whatever reason, because I want to own my part in it. I think I was attracting this because I just kept thinking, hmm, you know, this, this person is, is what I'm used to. Any kind of envy or jealousy was what I was used to. When I started realizing I was putting up with a behavior that I had been used to, that's something I decided, yeah, I'm done with that. I'm not jealous of you and I don't want to be jealous of people and I don't want people to be jealous of me. I want people to be able to enjoy me and I want to be able to enjoy them. And I want to trust that jealousy is not going to get in the way. Once I had that new standard, I had this whole new clarity for the relationships that I wanted to build and the trust I wanted to build. And more importantly, what I wanted to offer. I don't want to offer envy or jealousy in a relationship. I want my, my close friends to, if they're way more successful than me, I want them to feel me applauding them and in the front row cheering them on. And guess what? I want to feel the same thing, you know? So I think once I recognized this is what I want to offer and this is what I want to receive, it's me owning my life and the relationships I want to have and the trust that I want to build with individuals. I think on the flip side too, we're saying like we attract people that we're used to, like we're used to them acting this way. But I think on the flip side too, I think they have a sixth sense where they can say, oh, that person will cater to me. That person is going to, I can manipulate them. I can do whatever I want. I can 
you know, be the puppet master and they're going to dance for me. And I think they can sense it too and take advantage of that part of the relationship. You're so right. You know, I'm thinking of a phrase. Um, I worked with a therapist for a while. I just loved her. And it was a phrase that just really struck home with me. She said, your nervous system, like in your body, your nervous system gets used to how to relate with people. Hmm. And I realized my nervous, I was dealing with anxiety in my life. Sorry, not not laughing at the situation, but I'm laughing now in hindsight because I go, yeah. well, I see why I was dealing with anxiety. My, I, I had experienced and grown up in a lot of uh, anxious relationships that I had to keep trying to tap dance for. So my nervous system had developed this sense of this is what it feels like to be in a relationship. So if it was too calm, I didn't trust it. Hmm. And so I just thought, oh, that's way too peaceful. Now, of course, I wasn't saying this to myself. I wasn't recognizing it. Right. But your, your nervous system, so your actual body, which I was like, honestly, what does my body have to do with anything? Once I start paying attention to how am I feeling, I'm feeling confused and nervous in this conversation. Once I start paying attention to my body and how I was feeling, that really helps signal to me, oh, you're getting into one of these other funky relationships where you're having a tap dance. I don't even have to know why anymore. I just realized I just feel confused. Um, And then the way I check that, just so I'm not dealing with this fight or flight, I just go, you know, I think I'm really confused right now. Mm-hmm. If they help clarify it, I feel much better. If they're mad that I'm confused, that's a sign for me. If I'm not allowed to clarify it and they're shaming me for it and they're like, you should get this. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm a really smart person and I'm still confused. You know, these are all things. Confusion is a real powerful thing for me to check it. So when we go back to, you mean I have permission to say that? I would say again, along the lines of staying curious, instead of just jumping straight to, why would you say that? I think a really safe way to, to step into it and kind of check the, uh, the, the temperature in the room and the temperature in the relationship, so to speak, is say, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I'm a little confused. Why do you think she works harder than me? Hmm. <laughs> a funny question to ask. Mm-hmm. And it, what you're doing then is you're buying time to understand what just happened here. Right. And that's that. You know, these are things that, that I think in my head as I'm listening to your scenario, I go, well, I think it'd be interesting to check that. And then either they'll backpedal or maybe we heard it wrong or whatever. You get to see how they handle it. And then how they handle is very revealing. You know, Mm -hmm. and then there are times where I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I checked that because, you know, they didn't mean to say what I thought they were saying. Mm -hmm. So then my trust went up or I'll check it and I'll be like, wow, they they meant that and more. (laughs) They feel very entitled to have an opinion on my life and they don't care what I think. Wow. Yeah. I'm not confused any longer. Thank you for clarifying that. So even just starting there can be kind of a safe place to kind of test the waters and say, what just happened here? And then if you're feeling confused too much in a relationship, you want to use that as kind of a litmus test to say, yeah, I'm kind of done feeling confused. I'm not sure where that came from. And I don't feel like I even need to figure this out anymore. Mm-hmm. And I like that it goes back to our last podcast of staying curious, because when we ask ourselves the hard questions, a lot of times we can see the pattern too that keeps showing up and then we know how to understand it and address it better. Right. Right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. <laughs> this was helpful. Thank you. Sure. Join us next time when we address the topic, grace space goals. That was such a huge hit that we are going to talk about showing grace in the new year. So please subscribe to the Heather Penny podcast. And for questions, comments, and resources, visit heatherpenny.com. Remember to live your best life. You have to live intentionally. 
Have a great day, and we can't wait for you to join us next week. Thanks, Heather. Thanks. Take care, everyone.